You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avzan, Associate Rabbi Linksfield Chul here on Soul to Soul, two days before Sukkot, 36 hours before an incredible holiday, a few days after Yom Kippur. And truly, I wish for all of us that our Yom Kippur was successful. We managed to connect first and foremost, with who we truly are, with our soul, with our reality, with our inner purpose, and of course that we managed to get Hashem to agree with us for a good year and sign for a year of peace, harmony, success, nachas, inner peace, a better world, a better reality for each and every one of us. I truly hope that Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur accomplished everything we wanted them to accomplish, plus more. But today we're in for Sukkot. A whole different energy. Or is it? So today what we're going to do is going to tackle one of the biggest challenges of life, and that is to really tap in to the serenity, the joy, and meaning of this incredible holiday called Sukkot, which often due to its close proximity on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, doesn't get the focus it deserves. Think about it for most of the shows leading up for the past six weeks. It was about high holidays, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And now Sukkot comes. And what do we make out of that? And today we're really going to talk about the challenge of happiness, how happiness is a work. It's a challenge no great, no easier and maybe even harder and a challenge of seriousness of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. But I'm not going to go anywhere before we sing some beautiful music. And this is a wonderful song called Melech by Mordechai Ben David. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, here we go. 34519 is our SMS. Email on air at chayfm.com. Tweet at FM and WhatsApp at 0621482374. And once again, we hope that you tapped into the energy of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. But let's be blunt. That's the easy energy to tap into. Here comes Sukkot, which is a whole different energy, Sukkot and Simchas Torah, which is the energy of joy. And DJ, you'll have to agree with me. It's easier to be serious than to be happy. think about it. Most of us, most human beings, like staying within the middle ground of emotion. Not too happy, not too sad, a bit cynical, a bit chilled. But most of us don't like deep, extreme emotion in general. So that's why you'll stand at a wedding and it's the ceremony, which is supposed to be somber and everybody's on their phone or everybody's just fidgeting because they're awkward. The seriousness is too much. Then when it comes to dancing later on, which is the other extreme of emotion, joy, again, they're uncomfortable and they're standing on the side because they don't want to be there. The only way they do get involved is if you give them some alcohol and they drink and suddenly they're dancing. But you'll be honest, who's dancing, them or the alcohol? The alcohol. So, most of us, I'm not saying everybody, but many of us struggle with the, when emotion goes beyond its normal scale. 
We're very comfortable being a little sad, a little happy. But seriousness? Ooh, no. True joy? No. So that's why people will go to visit mourners in a shiva home. And often they'll just be very awkward in that space because it's a serious, sad space and it's an intense space often, especially if it's a real sad um, passing. I mean, all passings are sad, but sometimes the emotion is just very intense, whether it was a young child, a suicide, etc. And people are just very, very awkward in that space. Very awkward. And so to enjoy its experiences. Something incredible happened. People had a child after many years. Um, it's an incredible wedding, etc. A lot of people will really struggle. So they'll stand on the side. They'll with, be there with their spouse. They'll look at everybody else dancing. But they themselves, they're barely moving. Why? Because emotion is uncomfortable. Think about it. To let go and be seriously emotional means that I have to put away myself and how I feel about myself and how I perceive myself and get into the moment and tap into that emotional energy. That means I have to be a little less self. But most of us, the human being, is trained to be selfish. And I don't mean selfish in a bad way. I mean selfish as in focused on self, conscious of self, making sure that self isn't compromised. I want everybody and I want to perceive myself and I want everyone to perceive me as put together. Now you want me to let go, chill, tap into the vibe. Ooh, no, 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 no. I don't like that. I want to be put together. We like normal emotion. We don't en- enjoy deep emotion. So there comes, at this month of the Jewish calendar, two very intense emotional de- holidays. The Ten Days of Repentance, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, which call upon us to be intense, in, intensely serious, which is an emotion, focused, introspective, meditative. And then there is the second energy, and that is Sukkot, Simchas Torah, and that is happy, lat, free, positive, energetic. Ooh, don't like it. Don't like it. Nah. Now, between the two, let's be honest, which one's harder? Is If you already have to tap into deep emotion, which one's a better emotion to tap into? Seriousness or joy? Well, if we if we had to choose an emotion, most of us would prefer to choose seriousness. Why? Because with seriousness, I still get to seem somewhat put together. I'm serious, you know. So I'm sad. It's very sophisticated to be sad and serious, relative. But joy... Ooh, no, 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 no. That's why you never see anybody trying to take alcohol to become serious. You know, someone's walking into a house some morning and like, eh, one second, edge, let me just take uh, a whiskey. Nah, it doesn't happen. But 
if they're going to happy place, ooh, give me some black label. Whoa, I need to get into the energy. One second, why can't you just be happy because your friend got married? Whoa. Your sister's on, is, is, I don't know, just had a baby. Do you really need alcohol to feel it? Now, personally, I'm not a big alcohol fan. Um, so I really, I, I rarely see the point of it. I see it. sometimes it's nice to loosen up, etc. but I personally don't enjoy the culture. And I often wonder if, like any other drug, it's just an escape where, where we struggle to feel emotion and to let ourselves let go. And therefore we need this assistant to help us feel it. But why is it that when it comes to joy, we need more help to feel joy than seriousness and the help we need to feel serious? Nobody walks into Yom Kippur and says, oof, I'm not in the right serious space. Mm. Ah, gosh, uh, you know, let me take some, uh, let me take a drug, let me take a, a drop of alcohol to feel the seriousness. No, because I could still be sophisticated and put a serious face on. But to dance, to let go, to be into the energy, no, 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 it's, it's hard. So what am I going to do? Either I'm not going to tap into it or I'm going to use some assistance to help me get into it. Because joy is difficult. Joy is truly difficult. That's why most of us don't know how to be joyous. We need help to be joyous. So what do you do? You go to a comedian and they crack you up and you're, you find it funny. You go watch some silly sitcom. You watch some stupid comedy. And you get yourself into a mood and you laugh. Nobody ever sits down bef- when they want to be serious and say, Oh, so let me now go watch some, uh, you know, lectures about death and uh, heavy stuff. And, you know, let me... Truth that some people do. That's what we listen to the news, just to feel sorry for ourselves and to, f- to feel miserable. But it's easier to feel miserable than to feel happy. Why? Because each and every one of us has an animal within us and a angel within us now i'm I, I love animals and it's not about the negativity of animals but rather the, according to mysticism the animal energy the energy of animals pulls us down that's why animals are on four legs and they cannot really look up to heaven they look down Versus the human being that has the potential to turn their back their they're standing on two legs so it's very easy for them to see the sky if we tap into our animal energy, which pulls us down, the gravitational pull within us will naturally be heavy and difficult and miserable. But if we decide to tap into the light energy, the energy of God, the energy of positivity, then we can float, we can fly. So even though Yom Kippur is so serious, it's still easier to be serious than to be happy. Which is counterintuitive, because most people will tell you Sukkot is the light, easy energy, Yom Kippur is heavy. Yeah! But it's harder to be light than to be heavy. It's harder to be happy than to be serious. Gosh, that was heavy, huh? Well, we have to get light again. So let's listen to some beautiful music. This is a Yom Tif piece of music by... Yeah, Mordechai Ben Dave, uh, sorry, Miami Boys Choir. And this is a tune that you might be familiar with. Yeah, Levi of a slow, beautiful, but light piece of music here on 101.9 Chai FM. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 Chai FM. Oh, joy, huh? It's hard to be joyous. 
Dennis Prager when, one time was giving a lecture and he was looking for a title and he, he says a story that he reached out to some rabbi because he had to give the lecture in a certain shul. And the, he asked the rabbi, what should he talk about? And the rabbi says, joy. And Dennis Prager says, gosh, jo- joy is a serious problem. And he says, and that you have a title for the book. And he has a book, one of the bestsellers called Happiness is a Serious Problem. Because joy, happiness is a serious problem. It's a real problem. As in, we really struggle to get there. Some of us might be chilled. Some of us might be easygoing. It's still not joy. Joy is a hard work. It's the product of deep internal work. And we have a wonderful WhatsApp that says, Hi, Rabbi, I love joy. I'm completely into it, and I find it easy to be joyful, Baruch Hashem. But I'm exhausted from all the preparations and the Chagim and from trying to help those around me to feel the joy. Chag Sameach from Daniela. Chag Sameach to you, Daniela, as well. And boy, uh, I'm so happy that you find it easy to be joyful. I don't. Kol um, to you. And yeah, I think we're all exhausted from the preparations and helping our, those around us to feel the joy. And here's one thing I would just recommend. You be joyful and everyone will be contagious. You can't make people feel joyous. Everyone has to be internally joyous. However, if they see how much joy gives you a quality of life, chances are people will try to copy you. This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Aftson, and this is the Fabringen Show. And today we're Fabringen about joy. Um... Sukkot, Simchas Torah, next week we won't be here for the show, so it's really the whole nine days coming up, starting tomorrow night, the energy is joy. But if you don't tap into the energy, it's difficult. So let's talk about some meditations that would get you joy. DJ, if you want to be joyous, what's the easy thing to think about? Well, first of all, what's easy to think about is how amazing life is. Boo, that's not popular. Life's terrible. What are you talking about? Life? Life's good? Whoa. Come on. Do you see what's going on? Did you see that, the, unfortunately, the attack in the, Las Vegas? And you see what's going on in the Middle East? And you see what's going on with Shishta hurricanes? Nah, 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 nah. Life's terrible. Really? Is life that bad? Huh? Shame. How about we bring any of your ancestors down for a conversation? Let's do some hocus pocus and get, you know, some dead people alive. And let's bring old grandpa and great, great, great grandma down for conversation and start asking them whether living in 2017 is a curse or a blessing. Describe them your life. Oh, you went to the bathroom and you used a normal toilet? Wow, that's awesome, man. Go tell it to your great, great grandmother. You drive a car? Or you don't even own a car. You get into a car and you pay for the taxi to take you. Wow, that's paradise. You flew on a plane once? What's a plane? Gosh, you eat more than once a day and your menu includes more than just dark, gross, stale bread. OMG, that's better than most the civilization has for all of history. Okay, you know the drill. And sorry for the cynicism, but I still get grilled when people think that living in 2017 is hard. All I say is, yeah, if you're going to compare it to Messiah, the Messianic age, it's hard. Compared to any other time since Adam and Eve ate from that tree, sorry, kid, this is awesome to be alive. Absolutely awesome. On every single area. 
So the first way to be joyous is just saying, hey, I'm alive. And not only am I alive, I get to be alive in the best time in human history to be alive. And I don't care what you saw in the media this morning, and I don't care how bad it sounded around the Russia Shunna table when everyone was talking about South Africa's going down, and this is going down, and boo, 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 and everyone was sitting with a morose face, because it's a mitzvah to be morose. Sorry. Don't buy it. Nonsense. The first meditation of joy is change your perspective. It is awesome to be alive. And yes, there's challenges. Oh gosh, there's challenges. But that's life. And the challenges of our time compared to any other time in history are a gift. And as I said on the show a few weeks ago, all I know is that I live a physically a higher quality of life than every one of my ancestors. Because a lot of my ancestors have left diaries of their lives. And believe me, my grandfather, if he lived my lifestyle, he would think this is utopia. You know what, if you lived in the, in Eastern Europe a hundred years ago and literally, um, your daughter was uh, beaten up on the way home and you barely got a piece of bread and your house was burned down for the third time the past year by some raving anti-Semite, raging anti-Semite, I, I would, I would understand if you said you struggled with joy. A lot of us have challenges. But compared to any other challenge in history, I would choose today's challenges. I would. Today is a great time to be alive. How did I get here? In a car. Was it a Lexus? No. But it's a car. And the first generation since Adam who had a car in my family was my father. My grandfather never had a car. And I get two cars. One for me and one for my wife. Woo-hoo-hoo. DJ, I'm sorry. I'm in a hyper mood today. But gosh, that is paradise. So if you're struggling to feel joy, then obviously you haven't looked around. Go study some history. How about go study how it was to live in the Dark Ages? Or how about the Middle Ages? Or how about even the 19th century? Or even the early, the early 20th century? World War I? World War II? Which one exactly are you missing? As I've said on the show so many times, I one time heard someone say that, the average Joe Schmo today lives a higher quality of life that the Queen and King of England lived 200 years ago. Because even if you were the Queen and King, you still didn't get around in a car. And you still didn't have a toilet like we do. And we still didn't have shower like, like we have. And yes, you might not have the most beautiful house and etc, etc, etc. And there's a lot to aspire for. But compared to any other time in history, Amen. Great time to be alive. And the fact that it's not even natural for us, the fact that some of you are listening to me, and I know this for a fact, I could, I'm a psychic, I could get into your brain. Some of you are listening to me right now thinking, what's the rabbi on? Did he take some alcohol before he came onto the show? What's he dreaming about? Does he know what's really going on? The fact that for some of us, we're listening and saying, eh, gosh, there goes another happy-go-lucky, feel-goody kind of speech that's supposed to make us feel good. But does this guy really know what's going on? The fact that it's not natural for us to see the world that way is the challenge of our time. The challenge of our time is to be joyous because more than any other time in history, it should be easier to be joyous. 
And yet my grandfather had an easier time dancing at a moment of joy than I do. Maybe because he saw how miserable life can be that he appreciated how great joy is. But in our time of abundance, do we tap into joy? Do we know how to let go and just be ashrenu? How lucky we are to be alive. How lucky we are to be part of God. To keep His commandments. To connect to Him. To follow His Torah. Do we tap into that energy? How awesome! On Simcha's Torah morning, there's this beautiful prayer that goes, Ashrechem Yisrael. Asher bacha bachem kel. How lucky you are, O Israel, that God chose you and gave you the Torah and gave you the opportunity to be part of His heritage and His incredible gift. Yom Kippur is the time that we sit there saying, it's a, not a burden, but it's a heavy obligation. Rashan Yom Kippur is about the obligation of being a Jew, of being a human being, of being God's child. And Simchas Torah and and Sukkot is about the privilege. The privilege. You know, when you stand and you're at the marriage ceremony and everyone's serious, that's when you focus on the obligation that marriage comes with. But when you go dancing, you celebrate the privilege of marriage, the privilege of love. Because as much as love is an obligation... And anybody who has a loving relationship knows that love is an obligation. Think about it. You bring a child into the world. That's a big obligation. I don't care how much you love your child. You have just given yourself a life sentence. But it's also a privilege. And both are two sides of the same coin. The responsibility and the privilege are two sides of the same coin. Because only when you understand the great responsibility can you appreciate the privilege. And only when you understand the privilege can you appreciate the responsibility. And now we enter a holiday that says we are going to celebrate the privilege of being alive. We're not only going to focus on the responsibility of being alive. The responsibility of being human. The responsibility of being a Jew. But rather, we'll also focus on the privilege. The gift the harmony, the beauty of this opportunity. So if you think that the time for meditation is over because Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is over, sorry, brother. Today, as we enter Sukkot, it's even a harder meditative experience. Because now it's not meditation that will lead you to seriousness, which is relatively easy. Close your eyes and focus on everything that happened the last year, blah, blah, blah. Now, it's a meditation that's supposed to get you joyous. And to get you out of your comfort zone. And to, to get the serious look off your face and to smile. And boy, that's hard. And we have another message, and it goes like this. I think today we have more reason not to feel joy. In today's world of demand, instant gratification, technology, and no time to be still, less time to spend on spiritual pursuit, and actually have less spiritually, have less spirituality than before. Material abundance, yes, it's better. We are also now more self-centered. Our generation don't have the strength of Kiddush Hashem of previous generation. Mike Lubo. Sorry. Mike, I hear you, but I disagree. We ha- maybe have a, a harder challenge to be 
joyous because we have materialism. But that doesn't by default mean that we don't have strength. Think about this. In our generation, we had more people coming back to faith despite abundance than every other time in history. If you know anything about the Balchava movement, people returning after years of maybe distance from observance and a secular lifestyle, how many people have come back? I mean, South Africa is the biggest proof of the community that was always traditional, but how many people have come closer to their Yiddishkeit in the past 30 years? Not despite the abundance, but with the abundance. So yes, we have instant gratification and all these things, but that doesn't mean that we have any less time to focus on spirituality. We have to make ourselves the time, but the truth is we have an easier time focusing on spirituality. Think about it. Once upon a time, if you wanted to pick an apple, you had to grow the apple in your, far, your garden or your forest, and you had to do the whole, the whole malacha, the whole job. If you wanted to write a letter, it was a whole mission. Today, everything takes us quicker. So yes, it's instant gratification, but we have time. Believe me, we all find a lot of hours to be on our cell phone. And we watch a lot of sport. ADJ, hey, a lot of sport. And a lot of TV. And somehow we all make, manage to find time, not all of us, but some of us find time to go to the movie theater. And we all manage to go to sport games. And we all manage to talk about absolute nonsense. And we get to talk about uh, world problems and politics and business and stock markets. If we actually ask ourselves, we have a lot of time. My grandmother was so busy standing at the frozen river trying to wash her clothes that she really had no time. We have time. We like walking around convincing ourselves we're busy. But each and every one of us checked our cell phone how many times today? And how many hours of TV are we going to watch this week? And how much nonsense are we going to talk about? So yes, we're busy. But we have more time than ever. Especially the lifestyle that we live in here in South Africa in so many ways... Early nights, help at home often, we have time. And grab that time to focus, to connect, and to be joyous. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. Talk about joy. DJ, yeah, next time, more. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk one more meditation on joy till now we spoke about to focus how great life is there's another aspect of Sukkot that we're entering and that's the idea of unity which we're not going to talk for too long about but think about it we bring four different types of vegetation together the lulav and etrog we sit together in a sukkah all of us the rich, the poor, everybody sitting together in a humble home. And no matter how beautiful our sukkah is, it's still a flimsy roof that any rainstorm and high-felt thunderstorm can get th- right through. It's a, it's a time of unity. And, and one of the major themes of this holiday is unity. Unity and joy. And they're not two different themes, because the truth is you can only find joy when you're in unity. First and foremost, unity with others. And unity within yourself. This previous message we read was about instant gratification and no time to be still. When we are fragmented within ourselves, when we're all over the place, when we're scattered brain, you can't be joyous. Joyous comes from focus. But more importantly, joy comes when we're united with others. And I'm sure that on sometime during Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, you heard the following message, but it's worth repeating. 
we're told that you cannot enter the holiday of Yom Kippur without forgiving one and asking forgiveness. Because God only forgives the issues between Him and us. But the issues between one human being and another human being, He does not forgive. We have to ask forgiveness and we have to forgive. Sukkot only can come and play if we entered Yom Kippur correctly. If you enter the day of forgiveness with forgiving others and asking forgiveness, then you can celebrate the joy of unity and joy. But if you, we haven't let go of our variables, of our fights, of our grudges, if we still have an angry heart, if our heart is not only beating love, but it's beating resentment and hatred, joy is impossible. You cannot resent and love and be joyful. You cannot have hatred in your heart and touch joy. If you hate your brother for stealing your inheritance, which is, oh, oh, it's true. He was unfair. Your sister, your brother, whatever happened. As they say, when there's a will, there's a war. That's right. When there's a will, there's a war. You're justified. But you're not joyous. If you're not united with the people around you, if you have resentment in your heart, you will never taste joy. Maybe if you intoxicate yourself, maybe if you use some uh, assistance, but that's not joy. It's not you being joyous, it's the alcohol, the drug making you happy. If you want to tap joy in a natural state, the only way to do it is to be at peace with yourself and at peace with others. To forgive, to have a heart that has no hatred, because hatred is the opposite of joy. Not only sadness is the opposite of joy, hatred, a tainted heart, an infected heart, a heart that's not pure of love and and forgiveness, cannot taste joy. When you think the world was mean to you, when you resent the world, you'll never taste joy. I think about my own grandfather, and I'm sure many people can think about the relatives in their life that went through absolute hell on earth. My grandfather lost every single one in his family to, in the Holocaust. He struggled with poverty his entire life. He lost a child from starvation in World War II. He lived 20 years in communist Russia with a family. I mean, he lived 65 years in communist Russia, but the last 20 years living in Moscow from 1945 to 1966, absolute poverty, misery, couldn't observe his own religion without being hounded by the government because it was illegal to practice your religion. And the man was the happiest person, at least when I knew him. I knew him after he left Russia, but I've spoken to my pa- my mother, I spoke to my uncles and aunties. He was a happy person. Would come Simchas Torah, would come Sukkot, and he would be radiating joy in his small little hamlet on the, on the side of Moscow, a little shack, 13 kids waiting in bread lines for 10 hours to get a piece of food. The man was happy. Because joy comes when you're at peace with yourself. When you're living, first of all, with forgiveness. But second of all, when you're living a life of meaning. When your life is not just the phone you have in your pocket. And when you walk around not only radiating, Ooh, do you know what car I drive? Ooh. You know how much money I made? Shh, don't tell anybody. But, 
But when your life is radiating purpose, meaning, clarity, peace, forgiveness, joy is a ride in the park after that. Joy, as much as it's a work, it's also an output. It's an input and an output. In other words, when you're joyous, we know that you did all the work necessary to be joyous. Because you cannot be joyous, true joy, without all the work necessary. You need to put in tremendous input to grow yourself, to make yourself peaceful and forgiving, and, and give yourself clarity and purpose. And joy is the output, as much as joy is an input. That means you have to work on joy. Joy also happens to you when you get everything else right. Here on 101.9, Chai FM. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. And it's time for a wrap here on 101.9 High FM. Thank you for the comments and for the ideas coming onto the show throughout the past hour. And there's only one road to Ruta and there's only one way for joy. It's work. We have to get our heads on right. We have to get our priorities. I'm talking to myself. Let me not come across like a preacher. You heard about the person who wanted to be a lawyer and decided to go into the clergy instead. He says, I'd rather preach than practice. <laughs> I'd rather preach than practice. Um, it's not about preaching. But each and every one of us, if we want to tap into joy, we have to work at it. Only after Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur where we got our priorities right and we forgave and we made inner peace and we remembered why we're on this world and what our purpose is, then Sukkot comes and says joy, because joy will happen to you when you let go of all the nonsense, when you detox your heart, when I could clear my heart from the nonsense that fills it over a year. He didn't tell me good Shabbos. And that person didn't greet me. And that person didn't show up to my kid's bar mitzvah. And I didn't get an invite to your wedding. And I'm not going to talk to you for the next six months. If I can let go of the nonsense, I can enter Yom Kippur, Sukkot with joy. If I could appreciate how amazing it is to be alive in 2017 and 5778, I could tap into joy. If I could remember, Ashrenu, how lucky we are that we get to serve God. This is good, Suzanayid. It's incredible to serve Hashem, to be part of His incredible mission and purpose on this world. Joy isn't that hard then. Joy is easy. But instead of all of us looking for joy, let's all look to get our heads on straight. And joy will come to us automatically. If we have the right perspectives on life, if we do the true inner work, joy will come to us. If you're at peace with yourself, you'll be joyous. When we struggle with joy, it's a symptom that something's wrong. Something in my headspace is wrong if I'm struggling to be joyous. If when it comes to Simchas Torah, I'm struggling to dance, and believe me, I struggle to dance, then I have to ask myself, what is wrong with your perspective? What's so hard for you to get up and dance and celebrate who you are? Which mindsets are getting in the way? Because the truth is, joy should be natural. Joy is natural when you have a good, happy, 
healthy headspace. So my wish to all of us is Rashani Yom Kippur behind us. Sukkot and Simchas Torah ahead. We are at that major intersection. Get everything out of the past two weeks and grab the next two weeks with every part of your fiber, every fiber of your being, and challenge yourself to walk out of the next two weeks with joy, to feel joy without any help of any other crazy ideas. No need to drink, to smoke, to do anything. Joy should happen to you the moment you say, Sizgut, life is great. It's good to be who I am. It's good to be alive. And despite all the challenges, it's the best time to be alive. Wishing you a Chak Sameach, Moadim Lesimcha, happy, joyous, everything positive in the most abundant and beautiful way possible. And may we all be blessed with true joy. And DJ, have a good week. See you in two weeks' time. Celebrate. And may we taste the taste of joy, which is really the taste of redemption. As Yimalis Chaykpinu, we're told when Mashiach comes, the Redeemer comes, we'll taste joy. Because joy means that you're truly living a life of freedom. Chak Sameach and Shana Tova.